warning. This podcast contains a mature language, odd situations, the one, hikikimori, controversial topics, perverted fetishes, cosplay fanatics, visual novels, the only, suggestive themes, the and terror beyond your wildest dreams. <laughs> Listener discretion is advised, I think. Aw, oh, come on. What the hell? Penalty! <laughs> The society that provides information and reviews about manga, hikikimori, otaku, and zan. Hello and welcome to the special, wonderful, great, and powerful 100th episode of the Spark and Manga Review! 100 episodes! Can you fucking believe it? Woohoo! For those of you who don't know, Spark and Society that provides information and reviews about manga, and I am your host, Zan, and with me today is... Belchan! Yes. Uh, for those you want to check us out, you can check us out at www.sparkin.com or http colon slash slash sparkin.podbean.com depending on the situation. You can email us at sparkin at gmail.com or zan at sparkin.com. You can call us at 206-350-8462. All this is in our show notes. And, well, uh, we're also on Twitter under Sparkin. And if you have an Xbox Live account, you can play me on Red Faction Gorilla or under Bioshock 2 under Zan Space Sparkin. Uh, that's a mouthful, isn't it? Hey, Bill, how you doing today? Hey, how you doing? How's everything? Pretty good, pretty good. I heard you have some good news because you you got a full-time job now. Yeah, amazing. I was surprised myself. That was just a big deal to me. Yes, you deserve it. You work really hard. So I just hope that, you know, things work out for you. And I hope you're still able to do the podcast even for a little bit. Well, I am. I'm not working like seven days a week, so <laughs> well, possibly. Well, we'll see what happens. Can you believe 100 episodes since we first started out this podcast? From that first episode, so long ago with Mason, we were like, um, uh, uh... You're becoming a natural. Just takes time. Oh, yeah. Kind of taking a long time. And because of that, we've actually started a second podcast. It's the Spyrokin Movie Review. It's a podcast where you review movies, pretty much. And you've already recorded one episode, I think. Yes, all about Steve. Ah, 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 ah. Well, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. Yes, we recorded a bunch of episodes beforehand, and we're releasing the first one simultaneously with this episode. So it's kind of cool. So the first episode is going to be released at the same time. Well, actually, it was already released because of... Well, it doesn't matter. So, 
By the way, this is our 100th episode, so I thought we'd do something a little bit different. And what I'm doing is for each part of this episode, I've broken it down into different pieces because I got a bunch of voicemails from different people saying about what they felt about this podcast, congratulations, and so on and so forth. So what happens is each segment is going to be with a different co-host. Kind of cool, right? Oh, wow. A little strange and fucked up, but kind of cool. Why is it fucked up? Well, well because some people be like, have all the co-hosts at the same time. And, well, you know me. I'm just too weird to do stuff like that. No, actually, I should think that would be good, but the problem is getting everyone in the same room at oh, the well, same time. Well, yeah, true, because schedules, conflict, mm-hmm. and whatnot. So I'm going to have a different bunch of different guest hosts for this episode, so it's kind of cool. Yay! And, of course, I had to do Belle Chan first, because she's the nicest. And she'll show up. Thank you. I tried getting the former co-host, Nason, to at least leave a voicemail or something like that. And, well, to be honest with you, she politely declined. Mm. Actually, she didn't answer her phone, but <laughs> getting a little fucking ahead of ourselves. So, either way. Since I was talking about voicemails, first I'd like to play a voicemail by someone who I'm surprised they even decided to leave a voicemail. And, well, here it is. Hey folks, this is Daryl Surratt from the Anime World Order Podcast. I'm just calling in to wish you guys a happy 100th episode. Wait a second, 100 episodes? 100 episodes? I don't even have 100 episodes. What the hell did you guys start? 2008? God damn it, I started in 2005. I don't have 100 episodes. You started two years, three years afterwards, and they're already at episode 100. What the heck is with this responsibility in podcasting, man? Making me look bad. Anyway, you know, I'm glad that you guys are around. You know, you're able to concentrate solely on manga podcasting. There's so much of it. I can only really talk about, you know, however much there is I can fit in in between my anime-related things. So, um, you know, here's looking forward to uh, another 100 episodes. Uh, Maybe by the time you get to episode 200, I'll release uh, episode 100. Maybe? I don't know whether to feel insulted or amazed and astonished and, well, happy that Surratt left the Spark and Manga Review a message. What do you think, Cal? I thought that was pretty, pretty high compliment there. And you're winning! It's always important to win any contest, even if you make it up yourself. Exactly. If you're, as long as you're winning, good. Perfect. And, as you can probably guess, Cal's joined us now. Hey, guys. With the magic of the internet and the magic of audacity, we were able to combine all the different co-hosts. How cool is that? Unfortunately, Belle had to go. She had things to do. Things we can't talk about. And oh. things which would get us beaten up if we talked about it. I wish I could have been here when Belle was here. Very odd and angry. <laughs> but, again, we're getting off topic. So, now that we're on to a very special, important part of the episode, which I usually don't do, but since this is the 100th episode... Holy shit. Yeah, I know. We have to do it. Anyway, because this is a big topic, something really big and really important. And what am I speaking about? I'm talking about news. And there's a lot of weird news going around, including the fact that they finally made a Beck live-action movie. The trailer's out. Do you remember I reviewed it earlier? It was the music manga, which was pretty cool. The ending was kind of meh, but the fact they got all the characters looking exactly like the manga characters in live-action and didn't look shitty like the Dragon Ball Evolution movie? <laughs> oh, God, it's kind bad. of astonishing, because you have, like, the one guy who's the singer with the afro. They have a guy, the little Japanese guy, full beard and an afro. And you have the one guy who looks like from Red Hot Chili Peppers, where he just wears the underwear and he's the bassist. They have that with the blonde hair. They have the main character who looks like the main character. It's fucking astonishing. I haven't seen the trailer. Check it out. It's pretty it out. cool. I can't load it right now because, unfortunately, damn you interwebs, it's not working right. Oh, man. Oh, well. Oh, well. All right. So let's get into the big news. 
Now, this is a big thing because, for those of you who don't know, a lot of our manga we get over here, we usually get from companies like Del Rey, Viz, Dark Horse. We get them, and it takes a long time for these to come out. Maybe, I don't know, two to three years, maybe, up to a point. I mean, translation and everything, yeah. I mean, sometimes it's quick, like Rene, which was released by Viz, was released simultaneously over the internet, but it was like a two-month lag. Naruto is like a six-month lag. You have all these lags, and that's why a lot of people decide to scan late. They go online, and, you know, we're going to print out the page, then what we're going to do is we're going to make our own typing to figure out, okay, we're going to translate that this means this and type it out, and you release it. Now, the good thing with this is that you get stuff on time really quick. For example, if you're a fan of, like, Triple X Holic, which I'm a fan of, you get to read that when it comes out in Japan at the same time for, like, a week difference, which isn't that bad, as opposed for me waiting six to nine months for a new vibe to come out. Or, if you read something like, say, Space Adventure Cobra, a manga which doesn't even exist anymore, you can find it scanlated. Or, like Rikio. Rikio, no one will ever release. If you remember from that episode when I reviewed it, there's no fucking way it's ever going to be released over here. I mean, the whole Nazi issue, the whole Jewish issue, the whole punching an elephant out, and the fact that the one dude, well, the jetpacks. The fucking jetpacks. I think after everything you just mentioned, the only thing I have a problem with is punching elephants. Eh. <laughs> Well, you can find it on I'm Scott. not trying to win any popularity contests here, folks. <laughs> but the point was that you can find this with Scanlation. That's how it's beneficial, because it's stuff that isn't going to release over here, so I understand why. But some stuff like people just not reading this stuff online and not buying it, that's kind of fucked up. You could see why the companies have a legitimate concern there. Yes, so for that reason in mind, Shoisha, through their Shonen Jump, has decided to release a notice to all of us fans saying to all our readers there are now many people unjustly posting copies of manga on the internet those unjust copies are inconsistent with the mangaka's feelings they're also distorting the author's intention of i want the work to be read this way the actions of posting these unjust copies on the net into which the mangaka's have poured their hearts are not only hurting mangaka's in real life but also are against the law even if done in an up light-hearted manner Every time we discover such unjust copies, we talk to the mangakas and consider every possible countermeasure. But the number of inconsistent people is great, and at present we cannot deal with all of them. We have a request for all our readers. The unjust internet copies are deeply hurting the manga culture, mangakas' rights, and even the mangaka store. That's really melodramatic. Please understand once again that all of this is against the law. Also, the manga cousin Shuisha will severely deal with any unjust copies found on the internet. We ask that our readers please continue to support us. Weekly Shonen Jump editorial department. Now, pretty big. It's pretty big because, in fact, a lot of scanlation sites, you know, they're taking down their sites and they're forwarding to Shuisha's main page and they're actually kind of being like, hey, we kind of fucked up. A lot of people are going very well with this. The problem, though, is that a lot of people are saying, fuck you guys, because the thing is, if you really read into the context of this letter, it's essentially saying, because of you're hurting our author's feelings, we don't want you to do this. If you had to say, that's bullshit, and you know it. Yeah, th- I mean, come on. This is pretty much just drawing parallels to the, the whole music industry controversy that happened. You know, I, I guess it's still going on, technically, but it was in the news a few years ago, and, you know... It's still going on, that one lady with the, the 24 songs for $2 million. So now you're getting into the, the ethical issue of, you know, really paying for content or not paying for content. Obviously, these guys are the ones who are publishing and, and ultimately making the most money off the content, so they're the ones who are the most pissed. But, I mean, if you, if you look at, like, 
in the music industry, you have certain artists, and I'm sure the, you know, mangakas are, are the same, certain artists are kind of cool, they're like, hey, you know what, I just want people to experience my work, I want people to listen to my music, I want people to, to read my manga, I don't really care if, you know, you pay for it, as long as you like it and you're enjoying it, but then there are also people like, you know, the guys who are like, hey, fuck you, I want to make money off of it too, I don't care if you like it or not. Yeah, and so, it could work if you release it simultaneously, like you did with Renee. You released it at the same time in Japan and in America on the internet. Yes, you pulled it off afterwards, but you released it. If they did stuff like that, all of them, we'd be a lot happier and there wouldn't be as many scan, you know, scan leaders. It wouldn't be as bad. I mean, I you're always going to have, whenever there's a means of distributing things like this, you're always going to have people who are going to, pretty much, let's face it, it's they're going to pirate it, right? It's called piracy. Yeah. So, it's going to happen, you're never going to fix it, but, you know, slowly but surely, I think you're going to get to a model where you're going to be able to charge for this content legally, whether it be, I mean, look at what Marvel did. They have this, from what I, I haven't actually played with it myself, but for the iPad, they have a pretty cool Marvel app where you can actually go in there and buy comics electronically. You know, you're still paying for it, but it's electronic and you're reading, you download it, and the interface with which you use to, to actually view it, and because the iPad is such a big screen, it's, it's some people are actually turning to it and they're actually using it and they're paying for it, as opposed to ripping it off or torrenting it or whatever. Well, to be honest with you, I think the iPad's a piece of shit. But that's just me. That's just the device, but I mean, more and but more... The application these, is... Yeah, yeah, more and more, I mean, you got the HP Slate coming out, you got all, all other tablet PCs, and it doesn't have to be a tablet PC, it could be a laptop or it could be, you know, on your phone or whatever, but, but the point is that you've got these companies who are embracing this type of technology and embracing this type of method as a legitimate distribution channel, and I think, you know, we're in a transition period in this whole decade, been a huge transition period with the internet, the advent of all this digital distribution, legal or illegal, I think people are just finding ways to adjust to it, and the market will, trust me, the market will make itself right, but you're never going to eliminate piracy completely. I mean, even before the internet, you had people, you know, copying movies with two VCRs. You remember those days? Oh, yes, that is the only way you could originally get anime. You had to go to a convention and find a skeezy dude and be like, hey, dude, what do you got? I got this. Okay, here's a VCR tape, or can I get your address to mail it? Yeah, bootlegging, that's the perfect term. That's just what it is. I mean, the fact is, that's how it used to be. Now it's a little bit easier to get a hold of this stuff, but still, I agree with the fact that they say you should support your manga. Like, a lot of, some of the sites actually say, look, this is illegal, we're not supposed to be doing this, but we have it here for right now, but support this group by buying it. And some people do do that. Like, say, okay, I went online, I found this manga, it looked really cool. I went and I bought the entire series at home. That's what happened with Death Note, and with Dragon Ball, and with Dragon Ball Kai, which everyone's fucking buying, even though it's Dragon Ball Z, but they took out all the fucking filler. Which was a brilliant idea, but I, I think this um, this is a really interesting topic, and I, me personally, I happen to be very interested in not just with the manga implication, but in general, music, movies, everything, all this type of stuff. I, I we could talk about about this for forever, but I mean, this is pretty big news for for a manga podcast. Yeah, it's it, this is pretty big news, and the fact is, I mean. When I heard the Manga Pulse guys, their responses, I was like, what the fuck? They just said, oh, they're just having a hissy fit. The end. It's like, this is, I know, we they've had this discussion before. There have been fights with this. Like, two years ago, they had the court case where they won, the enemy guys won, what was it? I think it was a, the lo civil lawsuit was like $2 million, roughly, is what they won, against all downloaders. And it's still happening. 
fact is, it's, it's a very touchy subject, and there's not much anyone could say that people could say for or against it, which could def- not be deferred. I mean, you could say, oh, this is wrong because it's illegal, but then you have someone saying on the other side, but it's illegal, but the fact is, they should release it for free, and they get more readers. Yeah. But then, but if we get more readers, they're not it's always buy it. the, It's always the paradox, it's right, you know, how do they how do they make money so that they can produce this content if nobody's paying for it, you know, so... And how do you get people to find out about it if they don't read about it, if they have to pay for it? Yeah, if they don't, if they have to pay for it in order to experience it in the first place, I mean, maybe they should make it like, like cocaine dealers, you know, the first couple of hits are free and then, then they start charging you. Yeah, but then you have stuff, like I said, which we'll never release over here because there's no one who wants to buy it. Then what? It's Well, I mean, that, then there's a thing, I mean, there's a thing, Let, let's put it this way. The market will always work itself out, right? If there's nobody there who's willing to pay for, for content, should that content exist? In, in a specific market, I mean, let's say it does very well in Japan, but if people in, in America or if a very, very, very small subset of people in America to the point where it's not profitable to market here, I mean, should it be in America? I mean... But if the fans are here but they are, isn't a big enough market, should they have to be charged, forced to pay for that if they're not going to publish it, they're not even going to just I mean, say, no one's going to read it, so... This happens with games, too. I mean, how many times uh, are there games released in Japan, you know, RPGs maybe, or, or certain other type of games that they just don't think, ah, oh, it'll, it'll never sell in America and we never get it. Somebody somewhere, some bean counters are making that decision, and, and you know, obviously there are people out there in, these, in this country, in America, or, you know, other countries around the world who would want it. Does it make financial sense for them to release it here? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe what they should do is they should be distributing this stuff electronically themselves instead of, yeah. you know... That's what they should do, and that's the well. And I think you know, I don't think people are crazy about the quality. All they they really just want to be able to read it. Yeah, you and know? it's like it the doesn't it probably wouldn't cost these companies that much money to produce the equivalent of what these scanlations are anyway. Yeah, it's. I mean, I understand that we're getting off topic. So, well, we're not getting off topic, but we're this will be like an entire secondary podcast if we keep going on about this. Yeah. Suffice to say, send us an email with what you think should happen. Yeah. To be honest, we support the actual owners. We support the companies. We love buying their stuff. We do go to bookstores and buy stuff. And Genshin, like I said, it's not scanlation. We actually have the actual this you're going to read. Yeah. But mine, on the other hand, Resentamont, they're never going to release that over here, so the only way you could find it is online. So it's kind of the paradox, like right. we said. So we support them. We wish them well. Hopefully this will get resolved soon, and hopefully I don't get sued over this. <laughs> well. hopefully, hopefully not. Well, it would be a lot easier if the different distributors sent me manga to review instead of me having to go to a bookstore and buy it. That's a big hint, guys. Send us manga, please. <laughs> okay, so besides this long time, let's chill it down a little bit. Other big news going on is, well, supposedly that everyone's going crazy with Evangelion. They're releasing the third one finally, which I have no idea when it's coming out. And this week also we had reviews, well, the release of Dance in the Vampire Bund Volume 2. And whoever released that, you deserve to burn in hell. Slowly. With pitchforks. Oh, Dance in the Vampire Bund, which I don't think I'm ever going to review, is about a guy with a girl who's like 11. Jesus. How old's the guy? Like, he's like 15, he's a werewolf, and she's a vampire who's like 11, she's a princess, and it's just really gross. Ugh. God. Yeah, it's it's really fucking, just what the fuck. It really is. Uh, I'll, maybe I'll have it on here to bash. Don't put it on the wheel, because then with my luck I'll get stuck with that shit. Nah, I think the person who gets stuck with it would have a ball just bashing the hell out of it. Uh, also, I put up a post on Twitter, under Spyrokin, if you want to check it out, which is, I'm looking for reviewers for a couple of really interesting manga, including Golgo 13, and, to top it off, Space Adventure Cobra, and 20th Century Boys. If you're interested in helping us with that, send me an email. 
sparkandgmail.com or zan at sparkin.com. Yes, like I said before, the website is officially mapped. Sparkin.com. Tell your friends. Yep. Only cost me ten dollars. <laughs> Tell both of your friends. But ignore the the one who's kind of an acquaintance but not your friend. You know that guy who says, Hey man, can I borrow your notes for math class? And you're like, hey, sure, can we hang out? No man. I'm gonna take a toke in the bathroom afterwards. Thanks. <laughs> Alright. Asshole. Well victim to that guy so uh, many times. Oh we all have Then I started giving him incorrect homework. He failed out and now he works at the gas station. <laughs> oh, the guy who wants to shop at the Red House. <laughs> the Red House is for me. Oh boy, oh boy. Hey Zon, uh, this is Sassmaster General from Mesa, Arizona, calling to wish you a happy one hundredth podcast. Um I've read a lot of the manga that you've recommended, and I'd like to thank you for turning me on to uh, The Disappearance Diary and Mysterious Girlfriend X. Sometimes I don't agree with all your reviews, like I did like Bitter Virgin, and I still like uh, my psychic girl, but I do respect your uh, reviews. Thank you, and I hope that you have 100 more podcasts. Okay, so, on to better things, since... This is a manga review podcast, and since we just ranted about that, let's get on to reviews. And since you're here right now, Thanks. if you remember from the last episode of the Spider-Man Manga Review, you spun the wheel of manga, and it told you you'd be reviewing the first of the Otaku Life Trilogy. So, what are you reviewing? Genshiken, in Japanese, that's Gendai, Shikaku, Bunka, Kekukai. And what that translates to is the Society for the Study of Modern Visual Culture. So, what is it? Is it some sort of paper where it's like, Okay, this is a very long-winded thing like the color thing where we're going to talk about the power of the study for visual culture and blah, blah, blah. You must wait for my review. Okay. (laughs) You cannot get a preview. Besides, it's going to take like two seconds for me to get through it. Okay. (laughs) Impatient. The author is... Shimoko Kiyo. It was uh, originally published by Kodansha and released by Delray. It went from 2002 to 2006. There are nine volumes. It spawned two TV series, an OVA, a novel, and actually a spin-off TV series based off an anime that was a, a show within a show, I guess, that the characters in the Genshiken were always watching, and that got its own show. So, yes. pretty Kuchibiki Unbalanced, which is all about gambling. Yeah. But it's not as good as a gambling manga for some odd reason. I bet you that's not true. I'd take that bet, maybe. But I, well, but we'd have to bet like Kujibiki style, which is you take a bunch of strings. I'll see uh, that bet and raise you some pocky. <laughs> well, actually, speaking of which, one thing I did forget: this is Golden Week when this is being released. The ultimate Japanese holiday is Golden Week, which is four holidays in a row in Japan. Wow! So what happens is they say, you know what? We have four holidays in a row, so you know what? Fuck you, guys! You go home. <laughs> So they have like the whole week off? The whole or, week off. Or four days only? No, the whole week off. Wow, that's awesome. It's the Emperor's Birthday, Children's Day, which is essentially in America. It's every day is Children's <laughs> Day. And uh, I forgot the other two. I think they, I know they were important, and I'll probably edit this to fix it, but I don't remember. Yeah, well, if you end up editing it, I guess it doesn't matter what we say here. Yes. Fuck, shit, piss, twat, cunt, whatever. Bah! Okay, so Genshiken is a... So, it's a senin, it's a kind of a comedy sitcom type thing, and uh, I guess I'll get into it. Okay, so it's for more for adults then? Yeah, I'd say so. Okay, so... Yeah, more on the mature side. Nice, mature! Yeah, maybe at times. Yeah, we'll see. So basically, what this is about, there's a the Society for the Study of Modern Visual Culture, basically what that boils down to is, it's a college club, and they pretty much 
just like to sit around and watch anime and read manga and play video games, which sounds pretty cool to me. So at the beginning, you're introduced to who appears to be the main character. His name is Sashahara, and he is attending Shoyu University. And he basically says to himself, well, I need to join a club. He goes to the club fair where they kind of all the clubs are on display. He's walking around, he's looking at all the different clubs, and he's not really comfortable admitting to himself, especially not to others, that he's really a hardcore anime manga otaku. So he's kind of walking around looking at all the different clubs, and none of them are really calling him. And he looks over at the manga club. He goes, oh, I'm kind of interested, but uh, there's too many people over there. I don't want to go over there. It's too many. Uh, oh, there's the anime club. Uh, too many people over there, I don't feel comfortable. He looks over and he sees just a table, two guys sitting there, just not doing anything. And he looks at the sign and he sees Society for the Study of Modern Visual Culture, Genshiken, you know, kind of intrigued by it, doesn't really know. He goes in there and investigates and he sees what they're kind of into and his interest at this point is peaked. So, at the same time as this is going on, you're also introduced to one of the other central characters of the story, and his name is Kausuka, and he's basically big-time otaku, he's also in the same class, he's a freshman as well, as Sashahara's a freshman, and he's really not scared to admit that he's an otaku, he pretty much embraces it, and he's like, you know what, I love being otaku, and I'm going to, you know, I have guess this, he's this, this guy with big glasses, and he's really crazy looking like those guys you see at the cons who are like, yeah, believe it, believe it! You'd think so. <laughs> Guess what? The catch is with this guy is he actually happens to be really pretty boy. Basically, all the girls think he's drop-dead gorgeous, and nobody can believe that this guy is an otaku, and believe it or not, this guy is one of the worst ones of the whole group. He's super into video games, manga, anime, and he's not afraid to admit it, and actually, throughout the entire story, I would probably say that he's my favorite character because of the fact that he can pretty much get whatever he wants girl-wise but he doesn't sacrifice his love of anime video games and everything he loves and he's not afraid to admit it and it still works out for the guy fucking asshole but anyway so over the course of uh, his introduction we also introduced to uh, Kasukabe which is basically his love interest and What's kind of cool about her is she's not an otaku, she's just normal girl, typical into fashion, everything, she's actually kind of super into fashion, and uh, she basically sees him and, and she's like, oh my god, this guy's really hot, I want to go talk to him, she strikes up a conversation with this guy, and, and he looks at her and he goes, Saki? Kasukabe? He recognizes her and she goes, oh my god, Kasuka? Is that you? And she remembers back to a childhood memory and sure enough, it's... It's him. They used to know each other back in school, but he looks so different now that he's all grown up and he doesn't have a little shaved head anymore. He's actually got a full head of gorgeous hair and, you know, looks... Anyway, so she's basically love-struck from completely. And now a lot of the central part of the story is her pursuing Kasuka and her struggling with the fact that he's such a diehard otaku and, and she's, like, she doesn't get it. That's, that's basically her deal. She doesn't understand why people like this stuff and she just can't break into that inner circle, I guess. And, and So she's just someone who's like, why are you even here? You're pretty. You don't deserve this. Right. And he's like, whatever. I'm going to go do this. Yeah. I mean, he's totally the type of guy who... Yeah, she's she's right there, practically taking her clothes off in front of him, and you know, you pretty much know what's what's on her mind, and it's there, right there for him. And he's like, "Ooh, anime's on!" You know, he just turns his back to her, and she's like, "Huh," he's frustrated, and but she keeps coming back. She's obsessed with him, and I think over the course of the manga, he he becomes more and more reciprocal of, of the relationship, and yeah, he, he eventually does a couple more things, but then 
she also tries her hardest to gain his interest too, and some sometimes it backfires, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. But it's it's a fun relationship there. He he never compromises, but yeah, he gives he gives some back to her if you, if you know what I mean. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so basically, some of the other characters. Um, there's Madarame, who's uh, he's kind of the most hardcore of all the otaku. He's already in the Genshiken, and you know he's pretty much the type of guy who. He'll spend all the money he has, and he'll sit there eating like what does he eat? Bacon, bacon sushi, bacon sushi, <laughs> which is, you know, it, it's probably never had it, but it's probably as bad as it sounds. It's like um, if you go to one of the like go like East, uh huh. You know how they have the the different trays? Mm-hmm. This is like okay, you have the white tray, which is a dollar twenty-five. This would be on the paper tray, which is like twenty cents. <laughs> So he survives off this stuff just so he can funnel all his money into his dojinshi yeah. I've met obsession. people like this. It's scary. Their, yeah. their rooms are just kind of whoosh. Here's, here's a perfect example of, of what this character is all about. They go to an anime convention or, you know, just basically a manga convention. And he falls on the floor outside because it, it's raining and he falls on his wrist. Pretty much fractures his wrist. Okay, so you can imagine anyone who's ever fractured anything can imagine the type of pain that he'd be going through. And basically his only concern is just getting through this convention so he can buy as much stuff as he can. And then when he eventually passes out from the pain, the last thing he says as he's wheeled away on the stretcher is he's screaming to Sashahara is, Get everything you buy, I'll give you the money back. <laughs> the, the, the paramedics are screaming at him, Don't talk, I told you not to talk. And he's like, I'm doing As he's getting wheeled away, he's just insane but he's cool then he has no use for regular porn yeah oh yeah he definitely gets into that one of the uh, interesting exchanges between him and uh, Kasukabe is she just doesn't understand how they can be just so obsessed with this porn mangas and these porn video games and you know he's basically explaining to her which it actually kind of educated me a little bit you know he's basically explaining how oh well the human brain is able to look at a 2d image and draw a, a, a correlation to it to a 3d image and, and basically that's how humans are able to look at pictures like, you know, anime porn or, or video game porn and, and, porn. and be, be aroused by it. So, she, you know, she's like, her, her whole logic is, why don't you like real porn? And his logic is, well, what's the difference? He'd rather watch the anime porn because of the, the kind of stuff you can get away with in it. Uh, but, uh, well, uh, you only read it to, like, volume three, right? I read the first three volumes. Well, it... Later on, what happens is that she breaks into his room and looks around to see what he has, and he actually has a section where it's some real actual, porn. Well, it is an actual real porn. It was kind of like a, a red herring. <laughs> it's all SM DVDs. So <laughs> for like the next two volumes, she just says, Hey, SM Cool! It's funny. Because he's, well, that's a spoiler, but. Oh, well. Dark again. I actually the, the horror part. Maybe I'll get around to reading that because I, I really did. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to give my, my actual rating yet, but I, I did like this uh, this series. So, you know, a couple of the other characters. I'll give you an overview of the other characters. There's Tanaka. He's basically he's big time into uh, designing costumes for cosplay, and he's also very good and very passionate about making you know models and, and figurines and whatnot. Kugiyama is your typical fat Ofi character, but you know, lovable at the same time. And he doesn't talk very loud. He doesn't talk very loud. He stutters when he talks, and you know they make fun of him. One of the chapters, they make fun of him for that. And, uh, he actually, in, in at least in the first three volumes, he didn't really have much to do. Uh, I don't know if they get later on. Later he on. he ends up actually becoming uh, making a doujinshi with the other characters. Yeah, in cool. the first volume, they were actually they actually start getting into first or second volume. I don't remember. They start getting into how he does draw, and he's pretty much the only member of the Genshin who actually draws and. 
one of the things about these clubs is um, one of the big things is to actually participate and you know be part of the community by making you know fan submissions and making the jinchis and whatnot and you know they they get sold at these conventions but the Kinshikan guys just don't. And, uh, well, they run their club exactly how I ran my club back in college. It's just you sit there, you bullshit, and you watch anime. Yeah, that sounds pretty awesome to, to me, anyway. I mean, who needs responsibility? <laughs> yeah, who has to go there and say, I want to create this giant thing for this fair? Fuck you, I'm going to sit here. Literally, one of the, the meetings, we literally took a laptop, brought it into, into the room. Everyone's, you know, walking around. They have all these things, like the ROTC has, you know, their gun set up. And you have World Club has a whole map of the world and you could find stuff out and then you have us five of us sitting around a table with uh, the laptop is playing Vampire Hunter D Bloodless we're just sitting there like like what's your club do what do you want my club what do you want <laughs> okay <laughs> want to sit and watch alright yeah that sounds pretty cool to me I mean I think one of the perfect things uh, to describe this series actually came from you huh? before I had actually read it you were describing it to me you pretty much described this as this is us this is us hanging around and bullshitting. And that's pretty much what we do when we hang around. We sit around TV, we either play video games or we throw on a movie or anime and we just bullshit, shoot the shit. Sometimes we rip on each other, sometimes, you know. And it's funny because a lot of the characters in this, you, in our own circle of friends, we can say, oh, that, that's, that's so-and-so. Oh, I, I think that's me there and that character. Which is a plus and a minus in this series because at times you're like, oh, God, I could, I could actually see myself doing that. And you're like... I yeah. should not be proud of that. Yeah. It's cool, though. I, I, I found, you know, that I was able to relate a lot to it. The only thing that I didn't relate at, at the beginning, probably in the first two volumes, who was who started out as the main character, Sashihara, I was actually starting to get annoyed with him because he was always constantly like, oh, I don't know if I want to be if I want to be an otaku. And, and he was just kind of, almost felt like he was embarrassed for being himself. I was like, you know what, man, just... Embrace who you are. If this is what you like, if, if you get made fun of, I mean, I think we all went through it. I mean, being kind of like the freaks and geeks growing up in, in school. You know what? What I learned, if nobody likes, and for anybody who's out there listening who's going through this now in school, people make fun, you know, fuck them. You like what you like, and don't ever question whether or not you should embrace who you are, you know? That's it, exactly. And you see Sasaharam coming to his own. Yeah, well, that, I, I, that's why... As over the course in, into the third volume, I started to become almost proud of him because he, he's like, you know what, this is who I am. I'm gonna buy all this stuff that I like, and, and I'm not gonna be embarrassed about it anymore. He actually goes to these, you know, dojinchi shops, and he's buying all this stuff himself. And you know, at first he's very timid about it, but then eventually he, he just he's just like, you know what, fuck it, I like it, I'm buying it, and he spends a ton of money on it. You know, he, he gets over his embarrassment. And, you know, the, the, the beginning of the manga, he starts out, he doesn't even have a PC, so he can't play all these, like, cool games, the, the porn games that, you know, uh, Kausuka and Madarame had, and, you know, toward, into the third volume, he finally buys himself a PC, and they give him a bunch of their old games, and he's like, I yes! forgot, did they, I forgot, in the third volume, is it, did they show the panels of him just... Yeah, so... In the third volume, he's, oh, yeah. he gets his new computer. He's playing porn game, and uh, you know, basically, <laughs> uh, this made me laugh. So they're um, <laughs> they're saying, you know, you guys know what's going to happen next. So we'll just cut to a little bit later, and then they're like, oh wait, he hasn't gotten to it yet. So they show him like clicking around <laughs> in the game, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> they cut down to him like undoing his pants, and you you see like a little the <laughs> sound effect of a zipper undoing, and like, all right, now we're going to cut to the <laughs> to the next part. <laughs> yeah. So it was funny, you know, it's. Stuff like that, 
you know, it, it's I find it lighthearted humor. I think it's cool. Um, one of the other characters that I, I haven't mentioned yet, she's introduced in the uh, in the first volume is Ono, and she's basically a female otaku, and you know, she's huge into cosplay. And you know, what what surprised me is that there wasn't an immediate like obsession with her from the other guys in the club. They pretty much just like, oh, like she's one of the guys. You'd expect like all these guys to, oh my god, like, a girl who's into all this stuff. They like they'd all be fighting over who... Well, that's the difference between Japanese and um, the Western style, because Western geeks are like, oh my god, it's a girl! Yeah. Well, well, nowadays, it's more like the girls are like, oh my god, it's a boy in our anime club! Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of reversed, but it's like, it's more like, okay, you know, because they, they, they said, like, oh, we like animated girls better, but then she's weird anyway, because she has a fetish with some weird stuff. <laughs> Bald guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But she's a cool character. I ended up liking her. She's she basically she's also not afraid to admit it that she likes what she likes. And you know, Kasukabe, she sees her. Oh my god, a girl coming in, and you know, she's she's almost like trying to relate to her. And then she starts being disappointed and like realizing, oh man, Ono is just like these guys. She's just as bad into these, mm. into this stuff. And you know, she's surprised to understand how much just how into cosplay she is, which gives her an a- almost immediate connection to uh, Tanaka. You know, because he basically gets to design cosplay costumes for her. And, and he's not even like because she's like, oh wow, it's like you're just gonna do it to people. And he's like, I don't care. I'll just you know. Nah, just, he's yeah. he's not even being a perv about it. He doesn't. Even, he's like, you know what? Kasukabe, why don't you take her measurements? I don't have to be there. Just tell me what they are. He's just, all he wants. To, his main interest is just creating the costumes. He's really into it. Mm-hmm. So you know. Yeah, so over the course of you know the first three volumes, I mean, there's there's a bunch of stuff that goes on that that's pretty interesting. I already mentioned how Madarame explains the the attraction to uh, to anime porn and everything. And oh, one of the other characters that I neglected to mention very minor character in my opinion is the the president of the uh genshigan club basically just this older guy and when i say older i mean like this guy what, what do you think he's in his 40s they don't know it's like they say and they, they, their speculation at one point is like yeah keep in know. mind these guys are in college you know sashahara is is a freshman in college when this starts off and this guy's he's just been there and they're like saying he's just been here forever and at one point they're like yeah, the speculation that he was here when the club started, and that was in '87. They they refer to him as the original president. So I mean, at the youngest, I, I mean, at the at the most, he was. They, they actually date the Genshin back 16 years. So 16. Six, 16 years prior to when the manga is taking place. So. so if he was 18 when it happened, let's say yeah. 18. 18, 18, 16 is going to be 35. Wow, I mean, this guy's a little too old to be in a to be the president of a college club, but. Yeah, he doesn't do anything bad. He's just a weird guy. He's, cu- he's really creepy. And at one point, he's like, he's like, yeah, I don't, I don't have any cameras which watch all of you. No, no, no. And yeah. you're like, <laughs> okay, okay, you freaky, freak. <laughs> Eventually, over the course of uh, of the story, he he passes the presidential torch over to Madarame, and uh, he was I haven't seen him since. Actually, I don't know if he shows up later on. He's just kind of like he shows up there working on his PhD, and he's collecting data. So you're wondering, what is he collecting data on? One last character I'll mention uh, is uh, Sashahara's sister. Uh, basically, she's typical. I don't know how you how you'd get you know, valley girl type. You know, I'm like, well, I don't know. Um, uh, uh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, valley girl uh, or Heather. Yeah, uh, I guess Heather. Yeah. So she's she's you know, your typical. She's not otaku at all. She's a typical uh, immature high school girl who's not into, who's just basically into pop and probably big Britney Spears fan. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, she lays eyes on uh, Kasuka and that's it. She's love struck just like 
a lot of girls who lay on, eyes on Kasugasa, which immediately puts her into a you know rivalry with Kasukabe, and she's basically her, her name is Keiko, and uh, she's basically tries to pursue Kasuka, and you know that that pretty much annoys. I mean, wouldn't you be annoyed someone pursuing? the person you're with oh, of course yeah it just shows they're both equally stupid because like are you gonna quit no i'm not gonna quit <laughs> and um at one point this is later on a little spoiler they have to actually kasukabe and keiko end up having to go to a con for the guys because they are in trouble because of something that happens later on hmm. so they're forced going in there and you just see them freaking out and just trying to get through the con and they're just they it's like did you buy it no it's like, we couldn't find anything. What do you mean you couldn't find anything? <laughs> so, basically, that's pretty much it. I'm just going to leave it at that, and I'm just going to say that I happen to find this particular series very interesting, and I, not really for the for the purposes of uh, reviewing any more of it, but I'm, I actually want to read more myself. Mm. So, you know. So it was a worthwhile venture? Yeah, yeah, I, I'd say so. So where do you see these characters ending up? Besides graduating, of course. Well, one of them I don't think may graduate, ever. Well, be there for eternity. <laughs> one of them I think is going to grow up to start his own manga podcast. One of them is going to grow up to work at Best Buy. One of them is going to grow up to work in a cubicle and do software development work. Miserable with his job. One's going to be a plumber. And the other one, well, we don't know what he's going to do. Yeah, I don't know. We don't know what he's going to do. But, basically, what I'm getting at is they're the same as us and this is the stuff we do and yeah. Where their futures lie is where, where we lie. That's really, I can I can see them well, going in similar paths to us, but always remaining friends at some uh, degree or another. Yeah. And, uh, which is good. I think it's good. So, what would you give us? I'm giving this a four. So, borrow from your friend and don't return less off your pocket? Yep. I think it's very, very, very worthwhile read. I really, I do highly recommend it. And, uh, mm. I think you guys should check it out if you haven't heard of it. And I actually, before reading this, I did watch a few episodes of the anime, which also is pretty good, so I recommend that as well. The anime, the, the few episodes that I saw, really follow the first two volumes relatively closely. They did condense a little bit that's in the books, uh, in the mangas, but uh, you know, for the most part, you really do get the sense of it. Not that you should watch the anime over reading the manga, but I think you should do both. If you get it, it's a verbatim either way, because it's like essentially the same situation. Yeah. I would say if you had to, read the manga and then go to the... Yeah. I don't know eventually how, maybe you know more, how, how much the manga ends up, de- or the anime uh, ends up deviating. The from anime the only f- goes up to actually the beginning of uh, volume four, Okay. the first series. Then the second season goes from volume four to, well the OVAs go follow the gap to five, then the rest is five to seven, then you have two more, which is the ending, which is a lot better than how the OVA, the actual anime ended. Okay. I mean, it had a good ending, but the manga had such a better ending and also had some more interesting developments happening, including a new character becoming president and then just crazy stuff and then working on a doujinshi and then the fact that one of the characters falls in love with another character, then you have another character who has an unrequited love, and then you have an insane American girl who <laughs> harasses them and just quotes anime lines. <laughs> like she hits Madarame on the head and says, Sit, Neko, Yasha! Which, one thing is that in order for them not to get in trouble because they constantly make references to everything in this manga, they change a lot of the names. Like, they turn, you know, they change King of Fighters to Champs of Fighters, and uh, they turn characters like Tifa to Tufa, or they change, like, things like Guilty Gear to Sammy something. They change a lot of stuff around. That way they don't get in trouble. They don't want to get sued. Or they say Lupin to Rupin. <laughs> Very weird series. Yeah. Very cool series. I did like, so. You know, oh, by the way, uh, Kasuka is also 
you know, kind of a genius when it comes to fighting games, and they, they kind of have some cool references to some big-name uh, fighting game series, which I, I kind of thought was kind of sweet. Yes, and one spoiler for him, he ends up working at an arrow game company, making wow. arrow games. And he, has, he like lives there. And constantly, Saki's like, what, what, you just got back! He's like, yeah, I'm working for like the next five days. And he's like, well, fine, we're going to the hotel and going to have sex for nine hours. But I have to... You shut up! <laughs> and it's pretty cool. So, uh, I think... Yeah, well, it's good stuff. Good. I recommend it. So, we're going to take a moment beforehand to tone things out because the next set of this, these reviews is a little more depressing because we're going to get even deeper and darker into the otaku world with our next thing, which is going to be reviewed by the one and only. Well, you'll see in a second. So before that, I got a voicemail here from one of our more interesting listeners. Let's take a listen for a sec. And... Hey, Zon. This is Deke. I just wanted to let you know that after listening to all 99 Spirekin Manga Review episodes backwards... In a row, I have discovered the meaning of life. It is jelly beans. <laughs> oh, son, I'm crazy. I need some sleep. Zon, I just want to say congratulations. You have provided a service to those who love anime and mangas and everything in between. And you've done a great job, and you've made me proud, and thank you for bringing me along for the ride. And, um, yeah, I love you. Good job. Good job. All right, um, I guess, I don't know what to say now. Uh, I need, uh, I need some gauze for my bleeding eyes and my ruptured eardrums. <laughs> And so, welcome back. That was a pretty cool voicemail, I think it was. And since Cal is left, we're here with our next co-host. And it is... John Paul. Or Fightbait. Yes, I am a co-host on John Paul's Fightbait.com podcast, one of the many different podcasts. Yes. How many do you have now? Like five? podcast in existence. Uh, well, I mean, if we... I would say technically three, because two of them were retired... Because they're obsolete now. The the Fightbait anime podcast doesn't really exist anymore, and the Fightbait manga podcast died after episode two. Well, what now if we read a cool manga, we just talk about it on Fightbait.com. Very true, very true. And what about a gyu? A gyu. Well, that's what I meant there was three, because there's a gyu and Whiskey Thursday. I just... I haven't had time to edit all the audio I have, because I have a lot of stuff I could be releasing. I still have, like, another hour and... 20 minutes of stuff with Fernando of Anime 3000 and Otaku USA, and then the other kick-ass podcast I did with this dude, Zach, and that will probably be released either on Thursday or something, I don't know. Agu is really mostly episodes with Kieran, whereas Ah. Whiskey Thursday is anything else. Yes, and you didn't do Fabby Marchuary this year, or did you? (laughs) No, I did not. I was sick, and I just didn't have time to prepare for it. Uh, I wasn't saying for the recording purposes, I meant actually the drinking aspect of it. Oh, dude, I drink all the time, every day anyway. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, so like your Dave and the Dinosaur? Dave, oh yeah, Chad and the Dinosaur, Chad yeah. and the Dinosaur, very cool, very cool video. Yes, Chad and the Dinosaur. 
Yes, in the sequel, Chad and the Dinosaur 2. 2, yeah. Check it out on YouTube, it's pretty cool. It's very trippy and strange, and surprisingly, Belchan thinks it's hysterical. Oh, it's, it's, well, that's the point. The la 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 Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, but either way, so we're back, and we should get into the manga aspect, since we did review the first one, Genshiken, which is the lightest of the otaku trilogy of manga, because there is other stuff, like, for example, Comic Party, and maybe even, dare I say, the otaku no video doujin, which someone made, but they don't really, they're just kind of really crappy and not really good. <laughs> yeah, I, I watched Comic Party, both of the animes. I never dared venture into the manga, because I couldn't tell which one was which. Because there was the Comic Party official manga, but then there was Comic Party, which was like an officially released doujin, and I think it was like doujinshi artist making Comic Party manga stories. I could never tell which one I was supposed to read, so I just didn't read any of them. Yeah, so it didn't really work well, and Comic Party was just a parody of itself, so that's why Genshin, a very idealized version, I mean, yes, it shows that, okay, these characters are otakus, but it gives them a more happy and lighter opinion on what they are. And so, yeah. since life is not like that, we should get a little bit darker, and with that in mind, we're going into dark, dark territory with Hikikomori. Oh, snap. So I take it we're doing Welcome to the Inuchika first, or uh, in the Japanese, what is it? NHK ni Yokoso. Yes, the NHK. I actually don't remember what it's. It's like the Nihon Hikikimori Kyokai, I think. Yes, uh, which is essentially uh, something something the Jap- Japanese Hikikimori Society. Yeah, well, it'd be welcome to the Japanese Hikikimori Society. I like how the something something were the easiest words. Yes, something something. Brilliant. <laughs> yes, it. Or like the Japanese Shut-in Society, because Hikikimori. It's kind of a Japanese phenomenon. It's when you, like, shut yourself in for, I think it's, like, six months or more, where, like, somebody else pays all your bills and you just stay in your room because you're, like, terrified to go outside. It happens more than you would think. It's kind of like a really extreme version of, like, the World of Warcraft player. They actually say it's, like, according to Wikipedia, which surprisingly has a lot of scientific data and seems very well written, it says that it's Hikikomori is similar to people who have Asperger's, PDD, NAS, and autism. It's like the people have a mental disorder, and because of that they can't interact with people, they have, like, social phobias, they're agoraphobic, and because of that they can't really, they don't want to deal with the outside world, and it's caused by, there are a bunch of different possible causes, like stress with the economy, stress with parents, stress with... Well, no one really knows. <laughs> I would say overbearing parents, maybe. If you spoil your kid, give them everything they want, they're probably not as likely to get out on their own and do their own shits. But, anyway. So, I actually did not have a chance to read all of the manga. I've read maybe the first couple volumes, but I've seen the anime and I've read the novel, so my expertise is not lacking. Yeah, it's a, it was originally a novel, and then it became a manga, then it became a TV series, and all of them are completely completely and almost similar. The only thing is that it just gets more lighthearted as it goes along because the book is really depressing. Oh god, yeah. Well, creepy. even the well, I guess I'll maybe talk about the main the main plot. So, you have this guy his name is Tatsuhiro Sato and he is a Hikikomori and he meets this girl. Fuck, what is it? Misaki, I think. It's been so long since I've seen the show. And yes, and she is a something or other. She's a, she's, a Misaki is a she's nothing oh, special. Um, she's just a regular girl. I mean, they were they were a door to door like religious group, 
thing, but in the actual span of things, she's nobody special. She just happens to be the person that he is friends with. And he's hanging out with her because she's like, I'm gonna fix you, you're no longer gonna be a Hikikomori, and he's like, no, I'm not a Hikikomori, I'm a... I'm a creator! I create things! And he's like, oh, fuck my life, what did I just do? I lied to this girl, and so he... He's at home, and he's flipping out because he's all pissed at how dumb he is, and... His neighbor is like playing this song over and over again so he goes next door to like kick the door in and yell at him and he finds out it's his friend from high school and his friend is actually in like video game college and so he's like shit this is perfect and so they decide to make a hentai game and so that's kind of the big connecting plot but it's more or less adventures of uh, Yamazaki who's his friend next door Sauto and Misaki with the game kind of happening in the background, but that that main plot is in all three entities, but it's the in-between stuff that is different. I actually, I cannot remember the name of the author off the top of my head of the book. Do you have it in front of you? Uh, it's uh, Tatsuhiko Takemoto, okay. and different illustrator for each version. I think the novel was Yoshi Doshi yes, Abe, who if you've ever read or seen Serial Experiment Lane, Yes. Wait, Red, is there a manga for Lane? There's an art book. Okay. I have it on my shelf. Nice. Yeah, Abe's a crazy dude. I had him sign my book. The guy also wrote Negative Happy Chainsaw Edge, which unfortunately does not have an American novel release, but the movie just came out a couple, I think last month or two months ago. Mm-hmm. Which, it's a phenomenal movie. I love that movie a lot. I recommend it wholeheartedly. But I don't know if everybody will get the same feeling that I did. It's the guy writes really depressing stuff, and this movie is no exception. Yeah, and this book is no exception. You want to run your vein, your uh, blade over your veins at some point. Yeah. Well, it's it's really dark, but it's also really surreal. So he's got like the TV is talking to him because he's snorting the white legal substance that he ordered online and. Yeah. Well, see, and in the book. Him and Yamazaki become like drug addicts. Not so much in the in the in the TV show. I don't know about in the manga, but it's like him and Yamazaki just get really stoned and like hang out at Christian youth groups, and it's a it's a really weird story. Yeah, I remember one thing. I remember is at one point, besides the TV telling him that the NHK, which is the Japanese BBC, is trying to take over the world. At one point, he downloads a shitload of uh, Lolita porn for no reason. <laughs> for no reason? It's because he's beaten off. He didn't know that internet porn existed, and then Yamazaki showed him the light, and so he downloaded so much porn that his computer like shut down. Yeah, and then he decides, I don't want to do this. This is horrible. So Yamazaki, take a picture of me. Take a picture of this girl and then I won't do it again and Yamazaki's like okay fuck you you know I'm just gonna get a camera from over there you wait right here he's like but the camera's in your head fuck you <laughs> runs off yeah this is a pretty powerful story the guy he actually he lives in this tiny little apartment as you do in Japan maybe like I would say 10 by 10 feet or whatever and it's got like garbage everywhere, there's cigarette butts and beer cans strewn about. He just stays at home all day, doing nothing. Every once in a while he'll go to the park, which is why Misaki knows about him, because she can see him from her window. He's 
really... I don't even know how the hell he's able to do what he does. There's it's a lot of things with him which are very unusual. Like, at one point, he changes his mind. Like, he says, okay, I don't like what I'm doing. I'm going to try killing myself. And then he fails at that at freaking out. And then his friend says, hey, you want some drugs? I got all these drugs from the hospital. I said, I had insomnia, so they gave me this. And this one's... Oh, yeah, yeah, senpai. I remember there was the episode of the anime where him and all those people go to that island to kill themselves. Yeah, that's the second volume of the manga. <laughs> oh man, that is so funny. One of actually, I was flipping through one of the manga volumes at Barnes and Noble a long time ago, and there was one scene where he like found this this drug that gave him a boner, and so he like finds a way to prop the drug so he was snorting it constantly so he could masturbate 24/7. I know some people are laughing about this, but this is kind of fucked up. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah. Actually, one thing it's worth noting is that the book is incredibly rare right now. It's like, if you go on half.com, I have it selling for like 80 bucks. I'm the cheapest one. Other people, like, I saw one going for 10 grand at one point. I doubt anybody bought it. I'm pretty sure they were probably told to take it off, because it's no longer up there for that price. But if you want to get a hold of the novel legitimately, good luck. It is, uh, because I actually have two copies. And I thought, yeah, I'll try to sell this, because I, I need some extra cash. Yeah, because the novel got freaking yanked off. Yeah, it got <laughs> yanked off. Much like Sauto. Yeah. It, yeah, I don't know. I'm guessing Tokyo Poppy either lost the rights or it's just out of print now. But yeah, it's uh, hard, a lot harder to find now. Uh, I mean, I know a couple places where you could go to find it if one was inclined, but those areas are very unsavory and just kind of... Are you talking about shady parts of town or sites that have a text file that translated? <laughs> I'm talking about shady parts of town. Yeah. Where guys like, no, 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 this book okay. <laughs> I promise. Then why are you handing it to me with a tongue from behind bulletproof glass? It's like, you pay now. I give you a book, yeah. you pay now. You pay first. No, we... How about you hand me the book and I'll hand you the money at the same time? No, you pay now. You pay now or I shoot you with gun. I have gun on the oh. table. Okay. Yeah. Put that. Uh, I like the story a lot. I've just always been afraid to review it because it's. I like it a lot, and I don't know what to say about it. Yeah, it's it's a very sad thing. Cause the thing is that you don't know if Tatsuhiro is ever gonna not be a Hikikomori. Cause it's, the thing is, he's trying to better himself from the situation. Cause this is a really bad. Well, you don't want to be in this place at this point in your life. No, never. If and if you can identify with uh, him. There's something really fucking wrong, and you should definitely try to. <laughs> See, I think that's funny because the reason I got into this is because I identified it when I saw it first. I mean, you could identify him, but I mean, if you're at this level at that point, you know. Oh yeah. I mean, when you're snorting coke that you get from some guy at a mail order yeah, and your no, TV saying, "Hi, buddy, how are you doing?" I was definitely pretty reclusive for a while, which is when I found NHK, and then. Without spoiling the ending, I, I was really depressed by the ending of the anime because of just how, like, the, the books that this guy writes almost never have a happy ending. I only know of two books, so if he has a third book that I don't know about, then maybe that has a happier ending, but both Negative Happy Chainsaw Edge and Welcome to the NHK are just so, so dark and sad, and it's worth noting that the Happy Negative Chainsaw Edge manga SUCKS! But, yeah. Welcome yeah. to the NHK manga is much more enjoyed. A lot of people don't like the anime. I don't know why. I think it's alright, but I haven't read the manga. 
so. It's because it's a Gonzo show that people didn't like it. Yeah, I mean, it has its ups and downs. I'd, I'm gonna have to say, like, the, the Final Fantasy XI episodes are some of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. I personally like the episode when they describe the game in great detail, and it's like kind of just first like, oh, let's make her a paraplegic. No, wait, wait, wait. Besides making her a paraplegic, let's make her oh. uh, uh, an alien from outer space. Yeah, and you yeah. You see this character who's just like the ultimate Moe character. Yeah, you're like, what the hell? And then it's like, I've given up. I, w- I love. M- I give up on Moe. I'm going to make cafes. They also have the the pyramid scheme episode. Yep. Which is pretty good, but. One thing that I think is really interesting, and I guess, I don't, see, I don't know if this is so much a spoiler, I mean, it kind of is, but I don't really care, is that, so in the, in the movie, not the movie, in the anime, I don't know about the manga, but in the anime, they kind of glorify the concept of making this game, and they're having a whole lot of fun making it, and it's super awesome when they finish it, nobody buys it, but whatever, but in the book, they make just the shittiest game, ever, it's got like, SNE, and not even SNES graphics, it's got like NES graphics, it's like a bad Final Fantasy clone, and it's just got the worst ending, and I think the boss is broken, and it's just like, oh my god, this book just makes me want to kill myself. They should have released the game with the book. I think they did. I'm not completely sure, but I think in Japan, you got a copy of the game with the book or with the manga, possibly. I, I don't remember, but I, I, I recall reading that somewhere. I have to see if that game was made, because I know that they had reference of the game in the actual manga, where at the end they had like the text files written about all the stuff, like the, here's the basic introduction. Did they did they make a, a better game in the manga, or was it uh, like in the anime, or did you watch the anime? Uh, the anime was it was like there were different interpretations of the games in each version, I think. Okay, like one yeah, was a love game, one was an RPG, and the other one was who fucking knows. <laughs> well, yeah, in the in the anime, they just make a hentai game. So, like, it's easy to do, you just need pictures and text. Yeah, and it's in, also, the ma- or in the book, it's like a RPG. Yeah, and in the manga, it's a hentai game. It's an arrow game also. I think in the, in the book, though, they say that they're going to make a hentai game, but I don't think they actually do. I'm not sure, because I remember Irage or Gal Games or whatever coming up in, in all three iterations. But I just remember the ending in the book being so much more depressing than in the anime. Yeah. But that's, that's what you get with this guy. Yeah, so what would you, out of my five-point rating, what would you give NHK? Well, I'm a little biased, so I'm going to have to say a five. What is that, like, read it now or I'll... Really, really, really fucking cool. Yeah, I would say read the book more than watch the anime just because I've... I know a lot of people hate the anime. I know Daryl Surratt hates the book, but fuck that fucker. No. <laughs> he really likes the manga. I just, since I haven't read the manga, I can't give a full, comprehensive uh, opinion. No, but it's all, with this series, you have to go through all of it because you well, can't because yeah. it was based on a novel. Well, they're all different. And so I, that's what I like about it. And that's actually why I still haven't reviewed it on my shows because I still haven't read the manga and I wanted to have experienced it all before I reviewed it for my podcast. But... I just haven't gotten around to it, but yeah, I would definitely check it out. It's a, it's a really, really messed up show. It's one of those where I think if you don't like it right away, you're probably not going to like it at all. But if you do get into it, then you're in for a treat. Yeah, no, it, it's worth reading. It's very depressing, and surprisingly, Belchan's insanely afraid of it. She thinks that it's like almost yeah. like the dog saying, Hey, buddy, kill the president. It's good for the country. It's good for you. <laughs> 
<laughs> like, the K8. You're right, NHK manga. I'll do that. I'll go take over the country. Yes, NHK manga. Yeah. Well, that's kind of one of the messages in it is that he has to overthrow the government conspiracy or something. That actually reminds me of a comic I read. It was this web comic that uh, it, it was like, never wear socks with sandals and guys like. Why? Why did this happen? He's like stranded on a planet because he, the president was killed, and he was framed for killing the president. He's like, it all could have changed if I hadn't worn socks with sandals that one day. And it flashes back to where he's walking past this like, like a hot dog stand equivalent that says, "If I see one person wearing socks with sandals, I will kill the president and frame you for killing the president. You'll end up living alone in space." <laughs> the guy walks past the booth. Oh, damn. Then and he's wearing the socks and sandals? Of course he is. It was a mistake. Oh, nose. Hello, this is Low PC. I just want to call and congratulate the Spiritcon manga review on reaching their 100th episode. It's a big accomplishment, and I think it's really impressive. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Oh, yeah. So, so, well. Yeah, so we should get into something a little more depressing, shouldn't we? Yeah, just a little bit. Well, I mean, you can. I'll just give my comments as we go through, because I've not read Rizantemon. Ah, okay, so you can comment. So, with the final manga in the otaku trilogy of horror, as you could say, is, well, like we said, Genshikin was a happy, skippy, not happy, skippy, but more realistic, fair view of good and bad with having the otaku lifestyle. Now, you could say that NHK was... Not worst case scenario, but pretty fucking bad, right? Yeah, it's pretty fucking bad. It's, but there is some light at the end of the tunnel, just a little bit of light, because he might better himself, but we don't know. Now, the king of the hill, the worst of the worst, is what I'm going to be reviewing. Which, if you remember from the last episode, I spun the wheel of manga, and it dictated to me that I'd be reviewing Rizantemont. Now, this is a four-volume manga by Hanazawa Kengo. Originally released somewhere around 2004, and it's a seinen sci-fi character study, and it's now impossible to find because of that whole situation with the manga, because, well, as we said before, they're revolting and saying, It's bad! You can't steal our work! And so on and so forth. Yeah, I'm trying to find pictures of it right now, and I'm failing. Try I By the time this comes out, it's probably me taking off a had a couple of things also, so did if I remember correctly, or one of those websites. But the whole premise of Rosantamont, well, it's like worst case scenario, because the main character is this really, really, well, his name is Takaro, and it takes place in the far distant year of 2015. It's not that different from today, the only difference is that computer tech has advanced tremendously. And Takaro is this really ugly, fat, slightly balding guy with greasy face, He's kind of unshaven, and he's really creepy, and he lives with his parents. His mom is alright, and his father is really, really sick. Like, the only time you see his father is sometimes during dinner, but for the most part, it's like, Hey, I'm going to give Dad pills, you do whatever, or, Takaro, come downstairs! And actually, the first scene you see is, his mom says, Takaro, come downstairs, and you see him throwing away a wadded paper. Now, uh, Takaro, stop masturbating and come downstairs. <laughs> pretty much. And so he goes downstairs, and he's almost 30 years old. The next day is his birthday. And he works at a paper shredding factory. So his huh. job is, they get these huge wheels of paper, they wheel them in, and he puts them into a paper shredder. That's his entire job. It's a really weird job. Mm, yeah. What are they shredding? Just random paper or, like, documents? 
they don't really say. Like, at one point they say, oh, this is paper that we need to shred because the printer came out incorrect, so it's, like, misaligned by a millimeter, so we have to shred all these papers. Are you making, like, and bunny bedding? I don't know. <laughs> we don't really know what is going to happen with this paper. But either way, he's really depressed, and kind of, it's his 30th birthday. And what he does is, with the money he gets, he kind of uses it every year when he gets his bonus to go to Soapland. The Super Soapland. <laughs> the Soapland. So he's not a virgin, but he's never had sex outside of being a paid professional, and he's kind of depressed because he's never met a girl that he's in love with. He's never had that feeling of someone caring about him. He's very isolated. And unlike with Saito, he has a life outside of his home and his job. Like He hangs out with his one friend named Ichigo, who is really just kind of creepy. His other friend just got married and he's having a kid. And then you have his kohai, Yajima, who is this creepy pimply guy who, whenever you see him eating, he's touching himself. Like masturbating? Yeah, at work. He's just touching himself. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he's You're like... Just, like, you said when he's eating? No, it's like they're just eating. He's like, oh god, he's touching himself again. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, so it's like, what cool. the fuck? And, and the world is very ugly. And when I first saw it, I was like, okay, can this guy just not draw? Is that what it is? And I was like, because <laughs> all the characters are hideous. I mean, the one female character who shows up who's not his mom looks kind of attractive, but not really, and we'll get to her in a minute. And so what happens is that he goes out drinking one night, and he's with Ichigo and this other guy. And Ichigo used to work at a bread factory, and he just got fired. And he's like, yeah, the reason why is I'm not spending all my time with my lady. And... Takaro's like, what the fuck are you talking about? How can you have a lady? You're you're hideous and retarded. He's like, well, <laughs> we'll, we'll come to my apartment. I'll show you. And so they're following, following. He's like, okay. It's, and they go to his apartment, which is about the size of Sayo's room from Welcome to the HK, and about the size of Sasahara's room from Genshin. So pretty fucking small. And it's filled wall to wall with books. There's two couches, and then there's a, com- a space by the computer. He's like, okay. And he goes, he's like, you know, computers have advanced a long time, man. There's this whole new thing. I got five girls with me, and trust me, I don't need real girls anymore. And so he's like, well, what do you mean? Okay, put on these gloves. Okay, well, it's set for my setting, but you'll be fine. And now put on this visor. And he puts on the visor, and then suddenly, like in the Matrix, sucked into a world. He's like, what? And he sees all this stuff, and he's like, oh my god, where the fuck am I? He sees this huge castle in front of him. And so, and he's like, okay, walk forward. And he, walks, he kind of steps up and down, moves forward, opens the door, and there's, well, these five beautiful girls there, and he's like, hello, master, welcome home, and he's like, what? And he's astonished by this, because these girls are there, and one of them grabs his hand, which has the glove on it, and he suddenly feels, he feels the warmth of someone's hand, he's like, oh my god, someone touched my hand, it's, 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 and he freaks out, takes off the glasses, like, what, what is that? And Ichigo's like, yeah, can you believe it? They touch you, you can do anything you want. You get a girl, you can sleep with them, you can own them. And Takaro's like, fuck this, I gotta go. He goes <laughs> home. And he's, but he's thinking about it. I found a picture of what I'm assuming is the main character. And he's wearing this suit. Yes, yes. This, and this, it's we'll got like a little slot for his dong. <laughs> The sl- we'll get into the suit in a second, because okay. the thing is, that's, that's the special suit. Okay. So what happens is that he goes home, he's thinking about the warmth of his hand, and he says, there's no way, I don't need this virtual girl. And he looks around, all the women are hideous. They're designed, as you can see how he looks in the real world, the women pretty much look that disgusting. And so he's saying, I can't do this, I can't do this. 
And what happens is that the lunch lady at the job gives him his bento, and the bento is frozen. She didn't heat it, and he's like, you know what, fuck this. I don't need real women. I swear them off them forever. And then he calls Ichigo and says, look, I'm going to get a new computer. I want to do this. Where do I go? Do I go to Akiba? Akihabara? And he's like, what century you live in? Akihabara is no longer the otaku heaven. It's now a fashion district. (laughs) Immediately immediately when I read that, you just heard, no! Actually, (laughs) according to Fernando, Akiba is not as cool as we think it is. Yeah, I kind of figured that in real life. But So it's now in Shibuya. Shibuya is now the otaku mecca, and he goes there. Everyone's dressed the same way as he is, essentially. You know, business suit, wearing a backpack, and they're all kind of ugly. And, oh, it is his birthday, by the way. He's 30 years old. And as he goes in there, he goes into one of the stores, and he sees all these rows filled with program boxes of the different girls you can get. And as he's walking, and he's a really pudgy guy, a guy bumps into him and says, Move it, fat ass! (laughs) The guy's fatter than him, and he's like... I can't do this. I've never chosen a woman once in my entire life, so how am I supposed to pick from so many in one place? And as he's lamenting this, he notices underneath the shelf, at the bottom, there's a box there. And he's like, what? Goes, grabs it, and it says, Sukiko, including underwear. <laughs> 62,000 yen. Nice. And so he goes home. As he's going home with the new computer and all this software, his mom's like, You're late! Dinner's been waiting for you for so long! He's like, I don't care, Mom! Oh, mom! And he goes upstairs, and his mom's like, I made a whole feast for you because it's your birthday and you turned 30. And you just see his face, as a zoom in of his face, he's all pissed off and angry. So he goes downstairs and eats dinner with them, and he gets all angsty and stupid. So then he goes upstairs to his room, and then he proceeds to hook up, all, do all this stuff to set up the computer. Then he has to take all these little cameras, put them all over the room, and do all this stuff. And he sets up the VR helmet, and then... He puts a picture of himself when he's younger and edits it so he's like, okay, this is me when I was younger, but I'm kind of handsomer. Not by too much, though. (laughs) Of course. And then he goes online. And so what happens is that when he goes in the world, you see, it's completely different. It's not like the world, which the real world, it's actually, it looks like a typical manga. He's like, okay, this is kind of cool. And so he's he's running on the beach in the unreal world. And in the real world, he's just kind of standing there in his underwears, running in place, well, with his balls hanging out, which you actually see, like, <laughs> oh, God, and wearing gloves and a VR helmet. And, he, and he's walking in place. He sees her taking a poop in the water by her little hut, because that's oh. all he could afford. Okay. Oh, yeah, so the amount of money you spend on the program is how nice the stuff in the program you have? What happens is that you have to buy different patches besides the program, because he didn't get online, he didn't get any of the special, because he doesn't know. Yeah. He just got the basic program, which is her program, an island, and a hut, because that's all he could afford. The total damage was 620,000 yen. His entire life savings. Korean MMORPG, like, you can play for free, but if you want the cool shirts. Oh, oh, no, you have to pay for a lot of stuff in this. So what happens is he sees her and he's, and she's taking, like I said, taking a poof. He's like, oh, God, what do I say? Because he was psyching himself up to say, I'll just say good morning, good morning. And she freaks out, he runs away, and he's like, what am I doing? And she runs after him, saying, don't leave, please, you're the first person I've ever seen on this island. Because she doesn't realize that it's a game, she thinks, you know, it's the real world for her. And she says, I don't want to be alone anymore. He kind of just drops down, he's crying, he's like, I'm sorry, I just wanted to have someone to talk to because it's my birthday, and no one besides my parents wished me my happy birthday, and and he's got snot dribbling down his nose, and He's depressed. And she says to him, Happy birthday, and thank you for being born. 
Now, what real person would fucking say that? Well, I mean, she would. True. She's perfectly loving for him, because the program is supposed to be completely loving, completely, you know, everywhere for you, all this stuff. And what happens is that she invites him to the hut so they can have tea, and in his mind, it's like, okay, well, maybe I can be, she can be my girlfriend, and we can have sex, and things will be all cool and nice. What happens is that, as they're talking, he's kind of being cooler, kind of being nice to her, and he says, well, you should be my girlfriend. And she says, well, I'm sorry, but I already like someone else. Exactly, and he just kind of freaks out and shuts down. He's like, oh my god, he's like, because he can't believe this. In the room, he's smashing his room, and he's actually breaking holes in his wall, and his mom's like, what are you doing up there, Takaro? <laughs> she's constantly, it's, it's funny, because he thinks he's nuts. He's like, stop playing your game. But, so, he freaks out and says, he's like, Shh, well, I paid for you, so I will get you. Show me Show your punani. Uh, he says that? And he yells after her, saying, Show me your punani, and freaking out, and about how the game ripped him off. And oh as they're God. fighting and arguing, she <laughs> bites him on the hand. Like, what happens is he accidentally knocks down the room after she freaks out and runs off after she bites him. She's abandoned. Her house has been destroyed by him. And he knocked out. He's like, You know what? I'll just go to bed. And he gets kind of ejected. And when he, he's ejected, the next morning he wakes up and he looks at his hand and the bite mark's still on there. Whoa. In the real world. He's like, what? And so he calls his friend and he's like, look, you you know it's impossible, Takaro. There's no way you could have a bite mark on your hand. They're not supposed to do that. And also, there's no way they can't love you. And he's like, well, fine. Maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it's effective for something. And he hangs up and his friend's like, maybe it was the moon program. And if you know Japanese, Sukiko, which is the program's name means moon child oh no yes. yes and so from there his mom sees him putting on the vr helmet and the world is destroyed and he goes and he's able to help around from there ensues some other stuff in the vr world where he meets someone else and he learns that what happened is all the different mmo games have combined to become one big universe so you'd have real you know, the girl game players interacting with MMO players, interacting with sports game players, because all the internet is combined to be this unreal world. Oh my god. Like, Super Second Life. Exactly. Super Second Life, and it's all these people who, you know, they're just kind of really ugly and stupid and in the real world, and they're wearing their VR helmets, and they're dressed all cool and nice, and just kind of... What the fuck? And it's constantly... is he likes Sukiko, but he wants, to, he wants to be a friend, but the fact that she's in love with someone else, and at one point, she actually says, you know what, uh, here's my pass to go on the internet, because, well, to go to town, because once you connect online, uh, like, a train came from her island to the town, magically. Huh. And so she go, ends up going to town, he lets her go, saying, I want her to be happy, and in the real world, you meet this girl who kind of could love him, but not really, because she's really just a complete nutter. She's from the complaints department of this oh, company. Okay. paper factory. And she's kind kind of hot, but she's a complete bitch, and she has a mole right <laughs> by her nostril, and so when he first sees her up close, because she wants to bother him, because she likes pissing him off for some reason, and he's like, uh, you know you have a booger by your nose, and she's like, that's not a booger, that's my mole, you bastard, I'm sorry, don't hurt me. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and it's a whole thing with stuff is going on in the real world where he might get with this girl, but the other thing, which I completely forgot, is before they went online to the town what happened was 
that he made up with Tsukiko and things were going a little better. And he's going to take care of her, he said. And what happened was she has this doll called Mr. Moe, which is actually designed... Mr. Moe? <laughs> yes. Or Mr. Mob. And Mr. Mob uh. is actually like the avatar for Kengo Hanazawa. It's like he draws pictures of him everywhere, so I'm assuming that's the avatar. And what happens is that Tsukiko can't swim, Takaro can't swim, so they get a boat and they go to save Mr. Mob, the stuffed animal. And what happens is that he accidentally touches Tsukiko's butt. She freaks out and ends up falling out of the boat. And he goes after her to save her, but what happens is that as they're going down, Tsukiko, something happens where the sensor kind of fucks up and Tsukiko sees the real world. So she oh. sees Takaro as he really is and then hears, sees his mom in the background yelling at Takaro. Oh, shit. And he's like, oh, shit. It's like, it's a dream. It's only a dream. It's only a dream. Go back. Get to sleep. You'll wake up soon. You'll wake up soon. Don't worry about it. <laughs> he goes and fixes the camera, and suddenly she sees. He's like, "Oh God, I saw this pitifully scary man. He's the ugliest man I ever saw." Oh no! And at one point later on, what happens is that he actually in the the unreal world as himself to kind of harass her, but then pretend to be himself in the unreal world as a hero, saying, "I will fight you, Akaro, for stealing Sukiko." You will never see me, Takaro. I am Akaro, evil and fat. Whole weird sequence. It's a weird fucking manga. It's really cool, though, because it shows how depressing and sad it is when you get this obsessed and this really crazed. I'm not explaining this well. I know I'm not. But it's one of those series which you're like, what the fuck? How could this person be this bad? And why is he this messed up? Later on, what happens is he actually gets a bodysuit, which you talked about before, which that way he can feel when someone touches him. Oh, man. Well, actually, he can't afford it, because the first time he puts it on is at this place. Like, you know, he goes to a brothel. He's like, okay, it's going to be 7200 to go to the brothel. He's like, okay. And he goes in, he's thinking, oh, I'm going to have some fun. And he walks in the brothel, and there's a computer, the camera, and the VR <laughs> suit. He's like, oh, fuck. And he realizes, oh, God, Unreal Life, because he'd given up on Unreal Life. And he goes, and he jacks in, and he just says, I'll be myself, but I'll change so that I have a, a special type of, you know, I have a huge dick instead of my regular little dick. And it's, they have all these attachments, like, okay, instead you could have a little dick, you could have a big dick, you could be uncircumcised, circumcised, you could even have a tanuki. I was like, what? And this you have that for your penis? The face, as, yeah. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. Sounds like a really weird piercing. No, you see that at one point there's a character who has a tanuki as his penis, and it's really gross. <laughs> it's like moving like, rawr, rawr, and it sneezes, it's like, what? Oh, God. <laughs> I would not put that if I was doing an MMO. Yes, I want an animal as my dick. I think I'd pick, like, a, a snake, maybe a cobra. Uh, but this is where, actually, the universe is going, because with all these MMOs, Half-Life, Second Life, World of Warcraft, we're going to end up at this point where you put on a VR glass and you're going to be able to touch reality and... I mean, it's going to... I would say another 20 years, at least, before that happens, but it's definitely a possibility. Because, like, we've gotten to the point where graphics... Are pretty good. I mean, they can get a little bit better, but like movie graphics are getting to the point where it's like their CG is fairly realistic. So if video games get to that point, the only thing else we can do is make them 3D and more interactive, like VR suits. But that stuff is really expensive. They've tried it in the past. Yeah, with the Virtual Boy and other things. I mean, I could see it progressing to this level where you could touch someone and then things happen. But I just hope it doesn't become this much of an addiction where you're spending at least, what is it, $600? on computer equipment and you're running into things like if you're getting into a fight you're going to punch a wall out or the fact when you try sitting down a screen will say Caution, chair is not under you and you fall down and break through the wall yeah, well only time will tell, Zan 
Very true, very true. It's it one sounds of, like a really cool manga. It's worth reading just because of the fact it is so intense and depressing. I mean, it's, it's fucked up, I'm not gonna lie. It's depressing and there's all this other little conspiracy going on with the creation of the Unreal World and who is Sakiko and all this other stuff. But, the one thing which I found which was really brilliant and fucked up is at the end of the first volume, there is a section which says, ideas where scenery came from, or something like that. I can't remember the exact, I didn't write it down. But, it has a bunch of notes where the different scenes came from. And the first one says, the main character's house. It shows a picture of the main character's house, based on the author's grandmother's house. <laughs> and then it says, the main character's workplace. It shows a picture of the workplace. The author worked here for three years. Yeah, well, that's how NHK is. Like, a lot of it's based on the author's life. There's some real... That dude is actually crazy. Yeah, this guy also is crazy. Like, at one point it says, okay, on Valentine's Day, everyone would spend 500 yen, and the factory lady would hand out chocolate. The author would hide in the storeroom and weep. <laughs> oh, this author. I, I really... He, and he doesn't look anything like Takaro, but I think that it's... It, well, you gotta wonder how much of that is a gimmick. Yeah. The funniest thing was it shows his actual, the author's actual house. He drew it. He's like, the author's house and workplace. Small and hard to sleep in. He looks at porn on that computer right there. And right outside the window is another house. And at night, you can hear an old man and his grandchildren having fun in the bath. I haven't oh. heard the old man lately. Oh, jeez. <laughs> You're like, oh, God. It, it's so depressing. And Takaro, it's... I don't think there's any way he really is going to have a happy ending. I don't. The point where it ends up, because there's only 35 released so far, and there's a rumor it's been released, but I doubt this would get picked up. Oh, it's still going on? It, it's over. It was four volumes, but okay. it might have been picked up over here. Yeah, I uh, when I was looking for it, one of the sites said it was licensed, but it's not listed as being licensed on ANN. Yeah, like that's there's the no thing. news article, so I don't know. Maybe the author just got pissed off. Uh, I, I hope not, because I want to know how it ends. Because they finally released the third volume's ending. Because originally they only had 32 chapters up, then they had 35 up, and 35 is well, <laughs> stuff happened. Oh, okay. So it hasn't been completely scanlated yet. Yeah, and the person who okay. was doing it is not finishing it. They just gave it up. I'm like, why did you give that up? We want to know what happened, manga screeners. Send emails to manga screeners and say, please, finish it. Finish I it. don't know. People like that hate when you annoy them. If anything, they're gonna... Like, I know Dante Bio was really bastards about that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, I'll send a dollar to them and say, here's a dollar. Please finish scanning it. Yeah, well. Yeah. yeah. So I would have to give this, with its really diverse art style, where one half of it is really fucked up and the other half is very realistic, and it's very complicated and sickening story about a fat man who wants to find love in the unreal world, and he came and find it there, but later he might be able to get it. We don't know. I would have to give this a really, really, really fucking cool. If you don't read this now, your brain will freeze and your soul will be forfeit to the great Zoma Gustar. Mwahaha. Exactly. Wonderful. It was really cool and worth definitely checking out. And without further ado... Hey, Ron, it's Hope. It's calling to wish you um, congratulations on your 100th episode of this Firekin Manga Review. It seems only yesterday you started out this little endeavor, and look what it's turned into. Well, just wanted to call and say that I'm happy for you. Every time I hear a voicemail like that, I cannot believe we've lasted this long. I still remember that first episode when me and Mason were first recording, and we said, testing, testing, is this on, is this on? Oh shit, it's recording. <laughs> that long ago, so many months and years ago, and I can't believe we made it to episode 100. Hmm. Time flies, man. I mean, we've covered a lot of stuff, from Flame of Rekka, to Mystery Rears, Girlfriend X, to Worst, to 
Bombos to Air Gears to Giver to Hakuna no Ken to Ranma one half and even Great Teacher Onizuka. We've done so much over this long, long two years almost. I mean, it's two years in about a week. So this is almost our two-year episode. I mean, 100 episodes is really good. We've done so much. Don't worry, we're going to do a lot more. There's so much we can do. So much more that's going to be done. And now that we're doing the two podcasts, it's going to be more fun. I mean, we're doing movies on one podcast, and then we're going to be doing manga on the other. That's pretty cool and pretty neat. So you're going to have a lot of fun. No worries. So if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, remember you can email us at spirekin at gmail.com or zan at spirekin.com. You can also leave comments and concerns on our main website and check any previous episodes at spirekin.com, www.spirekin.com. And if you have an Xbox Live account, you can play me online under Zan Space Spirekin. Any updates will be on either twitter.com under Spirekin or if you have a Facebook account, the Spirekin Manga Review Group. Join us, we'll add you, and you can read about all the new stuff going on. It's pretty cool and a lot of fun. Before I forget, if you want to leave us a voicemail like all these other people have done, remember 206 8462 we still need an acronym if you have any ideas let us know guess that's it for this episode I mean 100 episodes and this is how we're going to go out just with me talking alone and quietly wait no we can't do that I can't believe it with with so many co-hosts I, I gotta do this I gotta make it sound interesting and you know what I gotta do I gotta do that thing we've all been waiting for the one the only the one, one. The, the only the only the So, for those of you who don't know, the Wheel of Manga is a very interesting device. It is a, well, we've had it for since episode 4 of the Spire and Manga Review. And what it is, it's a Wheel of Fortune with 10 slots on it. And what I've done is I've assigned 10 manga, this Wheel of Manga, with its skulls and its powerfulness. And what I've decided to do is for each of the co-hosts, each one of them are going to be spinning. So, next time you show up, it's essentially homework. If you're going to be in the next episode, you'll do it again. Or if you're going to be in like 20 episodes from now, you're going to be able to review it. So, first off, we'll have Cal do it. So. Alright, I'm going to stand up. I want to get a good spin. I want to get an episode 100 spin. Well, this is episode 100, so... Alright. Crack my back. Alright. Spin the fucking thing already. Number three. And number three is going to be... City Hunter. City Hunter. Which is actually was made into a live-action movie with Jackie Chan, and it dressed up as Chung Lee at one point. I've seen that on YouTube. Yeah, the... Oh, well, I don't know what to expect. No, the manga is awesome. It's essentially, City Hunter is a guy who, well, you'll have to read it to find out. And, well, whatever episode you come back to, maybe episode 101 or episode 105, we won't know. But whatever episode you come to next, we'll be reviewing City Hunter. So next, we're going to have John Paul, Fightbait. And was wondering, do you want to spin the Wheel of Manga, sort of? Of course I do, kind of, sort of. Okay, so I will spin it for you, and we'll see what you're going to be getting on this list. Number... The Ocho. The Ocho? Yes, the Ocho. The Ocho. And you'll be reviewing a very cool... Whenever you come back on, the Sparkin Monk. Oh, Ocho, that's... That is that eight in Spanish. That is the eight in Spanish. I was the like... Ocho. I don't know that manga. <laughs> no, no, no. It is the Ocho. And so, you'll be reviewing if you come back. When you come back. Oh, you lucky bastard. Oh, God. Duke Togo.
Gogo 13? Yes. Oh, snap! So, the next time you come on the Spark and Mong review, you get to review Gogo 13. I've actually never read any Gogo 13. <laughs> I might have to remedy that. Supposedly, the story is just Gogo 13 kills a guy, sleeps with a bunch of hookers, well, yeah, kills a just, hooker. <laughs> it's like Lupin the Third if he had sex and killed people. He yes. Just does a thing and there's no progression ever. Yes, and so, should. And then now, well, I think that we have one more spinner to go, and then, well, then I will spin and we'll see what happens. So, guess who? Belchan! Yep, she's back. So, we'll spin the wheel. Are you ready? Yep. Okay, and... Mambo number five. Got number five, lucky. And number five is going to be, when you come back, if when you come back, you'll be reviewing Mushishi. Oh. So you get to read more about Ginkgo and his creepy one eye. And, uh, what the hell is the girl's name that you're obsessed with? Uh, Erquio... Aguo... Agio... Agia? Aquia. Ah, yes, Aquia. <laughs> I remember you liked her very much. Yeah, Even though she. You thought, <laughs> you thought they all were Aquia, though. Yeah, I was like, this I is think, Aquia, isn't it? I thought all of them looked the same. All, all of them looked like Aquia. Oh. All of the girls, like, in certain episodes, they look similar. Well, you get to see how the manga differs and see if they're all like Aquia, and you get to see about <laughs> other creepy things in that episode. And, well, now I guess it's my turn. So. Hopefully this, I'll get a good spin, most likely not, because everything else has been taken. So... Special number nine. And number nine is going to be, well... Oh, you're going to be mad at me. What? I'm going to be reviewing the one, the only, the second greatest thief of all time. It is not Lupin the Third or Twenty Faces. Mouse to Mouse! Mouse? Oh... Yeah, so, oh well, that should be fun. So that's for episode 101, reviewing Mouse, so... Hey, this is Tim, just calling to wish the Spiritin Manga Review uh, congratulations on its 100 episodes. Keep up the good work. Guess that's it for this episode. You know, thanks a lot for listening, thanks for being here for 100 episodes. It's been really cool and really awesome. I'm going to still do this, hopefully when we do episode 200, we'll still be coming out with more stuff and going crazy, and hopefully we'll hit episode 100 with the Spark and Movie Review. But we will see. We'll find out. And I guess that's it for this episode of the Spark and Movie Review episode 100. It's been a blast, hasn't it? You did it! I didn't do it! You did it, didn't you? No! <laughs> so, I guess that's it for this episode of the Spark and Movie Review. This is Belchan. This is Cal saying goodbye for the 100th episode of the Spark and Movie Review. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And as usual, this is your Hosan saying thanks for listening, and we are
Congratulations. 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 Congratulations! 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 Thank you all.